3: Let me ask you a question real quick Do you ever want to live in a fantasy world Where the most handsomest guy always ends up with a girl And he may at time travel to Ben a secret prince But no one in the story ever asks any questions You can live on Park
1: I with a salary from Mickey D's Or walk from Denver all the way to New Orleans But me, I prefer the reality And the truth bombs drop from the crew At
2: See
0: you you got what we need A chore, but you keep us wanting more. I take you, got what we need. Cause roasting is your technique. I'm gonna tune in every week. Hey, hey! Laters,
3: baby. But not too much latest Cause you got what I need.
1: Thanks for tuning in to Romancing the Pod. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley.
0: I'm Mikey Randolph.
3: And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Mikey made us watch... I love Love you, You, Philip Morris. Morris. I would
0: like to start this podcast by saying it's pretty on brand that I wanted to be inclusive and pick something for Pride Month that is also a very bad look. (laughs) And very poor representation of the gay community. And I would just like to go ahead and apologize to all of my LBGTQ (laughs) fans out there. I am sorry and... Yep, here we are again. (laughs) Mikey, are you saying that all gay people aren't legit psychopaths (laughs) who are legit the worst
3: people we've ever seen on film? Interesting.
1: Okay, first of all, yes, it is bad that there is no real representation here because they are not played by gay actors. And Jim Carrey's character is a legitimate sociopath. But I do want to tell you that this is based on a true story. So like all of these are kind of real people.
0: Yeah.
3: I just I still want to just get ahead of it. (laughs) I (laughs) I mean, there's a firestorm coming for you, Mikey. That is for sure. I'm not sure it's for this or for
0: what's going to happen at the meetup. No, 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 no. 2021 perfect time to be like let's be inclusive let's pick a movie i thought was funny 15 years ago not watch it beforehand and just run with it i'm sure it holds up i'm sure i'm sure it's great
1: mikey I still thought it was funny today. I loved this movie. Like, it it has its serious problems. It is not great for representation. But damn it if I didn't love this entire movie
0: and sob uncontrollably through the last 20 minutes of it. I will, I will tell you that I was crying laughing at him opening Dove chocolates and putting them on the fridge. Oh yes. my God, yeah. I loved it so much. And, and I will say, just for that scene people should watch this movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I'll say that there is, there is a lot of scenes people should watch this movie for. And I think it's a credit to this movie that it is so insane, so bonkers, but that it still has a an emotional center that will make you sob uncontrollably at the end. Like, th- Like, there is something about the fact that the movie still manages to capture that. I will say that this movie is... I I think it belongs in a genre of movies that I love, which is like heist romances. (laughs) And I, I feel like people class... They're like they're like it's a gay movie and i'm like no this is basically just gay natural born killers and i am here for it i was
3: gonna say gay catch me if you can yeah it it does sort of have that vibe gay true romance i am here (laughs) for all of it and yeah so i
1: i loved this movie i have
0: never seen a movie make prison look so fun and easy
1: well, clearly you've never seen the TV show Oz That's lying That does not look easy That is
3: not a romantic version of prison for sure <laughs>
1: Absolutely not No but you're right though It does make prison look fun Paige,
0: after Pride Month, I do want you to pick a heist love movie.
1: Oh, True Romance is my first one, obviously. Although, I'll look around and see what else there is. Raising Arizona is another great one. I still
0: want to do The Chase. It's The Chase. (sighs) Please, please let me pick it. (laughs) With Charlie
3: Sheen. It's that movie we talked about where he, like, kidnaps a woman trying to get to Mexico or whatever? And they
0: end up (laughs) having sex in the car? Paige, it's insane.
1: Yes, okay.
0: We're just going to count it. We run this podcast. There's a love story and they're in the car the whole time. We're just going to count it. That's fine. We're just going to do it.
1: (laughs) I I mean, I feel like dysfunctional though these characters are because he is literally a sociopath and a con artist and constantly lying the whole film. I do love them together. Like- there there is a sweetness there that like that's why I was sobbing buckets at the end.
0: I think this movie makes me sad cuz it was like you could tell he genuinely they genuinely love each other but like I was just like bro just check your sociopath Tendencies, and you would like have a happy life. Like you don't need the mansion. Well, Get and, a little and, tiny and house with a little tiny backyard with a hammock. Mikey legit just described his house. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> it, it made it made me sad for for Philip
3: because because he meets someone who just sociopathically destroys his life.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but all but also I feel like he's being open and emotionally honest and thinks that he's getting the same from his partner and he's not, and so I feel like it is a bummer because I want him to be happy in an emotionally healthy relationship, but he's also being pursued by a sociopath who
0: won't leave him alone. Okay, the end, I did not remember the end where he fakes his death of AIDS. Yeah, I was like, whoa oh. Well,
1: okay, so I had never seen the movie before. This was my first time, so okay. when he's, you think he's dying of AIDS, and I am just, sobbing like just like I am a mess I'm just like barely can see the movie I'm crying so hard and then when he's like I faked it I was just like fuck you (laughs) (laughs) fuck you Jim Carrey's character yeah
3: yeah he's terrible I mean we essentially are watching like the villain of the movie be presented as the hero of the movie which I'm here for I sort of love that aspect of it. this gay sweet home alabama no this is gay fear but mark Wahlberg's character is the quote-unquote hero (laughs) of this movie
1: i'm I'm gonna say happiest season was gay sweet home alabama (laughs) (laughs) that is true that is 100
3: true on point team plaza or whatever her name was in that movie yeah
1: team team aubrey plaza yeah so let's get into it yeah let's get into this movie movie. though yeah absolutely so so much to get through For starters, the company that made this movie, Europa Their logo looked like a dick Did anyone else notice it? Yes,
3: Well, and dicks show up in many places in this movie
0: Like a lot
1: I laughed every time And I (laughs) know I shouldn't
0: have No, dicks are funny You should laugh every time This is the highbrow analysis you should expect from this podcast
1: (laughs) Dicks are funny Did you guys see that dick?
0: (laughs) Controversial statement
1: So we open on Jim Carrey in a hospital bed with a heart monitor that is flatlining And we hear his voiceover that says, love is a funny thing It makes you happy, it makes you sad, it makes you do all kinds of things you never thought you'd do before Love is the reason I'm laying here dying And then we cut to a bunch of kids in a field, and Stephen's mom calls him home. The kids in the field are looking at the clouds, trying to determine what shapes they are, and they can't agree. We don't know what shapes they've said, but they aren't aren't (laughs) agreeing on them. Stephen's mom calls him home into their amazing 1960s house. Yes. Obsessed. Obsessed. And they call him in to tell him That he's adopted. And they start saying it slowly where they're like, we want you to understand it doesn't change anything. We love you. We chose you. And then his older brother's just like, you're adopted. And then his mother just slaps him in the gut. Yeah. The level of casual violence in this movie. (laughs) Perfection. But so they tell him that they put money in a paper bag and gave it to his mom in the hospital parking lot so that they could take
3: him home. Yeah, they purchased him like a drug deal. (laughs) It's nuts. Let's say you wanted to do that. Like, where would you go? (laughs) You just roll up down Dickerson Road and be like, yo, I need to buy a baby cash.
1: I would just say (laughs) roll up to the local high school and be like, which one's your pregnant one?
3: Which one is your pregnant one? This is high school today. Which one's not your pregnant one? You can be the broker. Find me the one I want. (laughs) Hello, MTV. (laughs) Connect me with
0: teen mom. 16 and pregnant and selling. (laughs) They'll be like, Mikey, uh, did you impregnate a high schooler? No, 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 no. I'm not a bad guy. I'm trying to buy the baby. Yeah, I'm just trying to buy that child. I'm a good guy here. I'm not a villain.
1: (laughs) I will say I, I have a lot of friends going through this right now where they are my age or a little bit older. And it's actually more expensive to have a baby than to potentially explore alternatives for uh, like fostering or adopting children. Yeah. And a ton of people have gone through the foster to adopt system in California and have had really positive experiences. So if you're one of those people who like wants to have a baby, explore that option because there's a lot of people that need good homes. And yeah, I'm just gonna fuck it.
3: around and find out.
1: I mean you can do that too. That's up to you. If if you if you wanna have your own, that's your choice.
3: Mikey is single and looking to sire lady. Yeah. Let's do
0: it. I don't super like that one. Hey Mikey, <laughs> yeah. What's your stud fee? Oh, Oh, jeez. Oh, no. If people started paying me for sex, it would be the weirdest reality that I've ever lived. It would truly be the darkest timeline. It would be. That would have to be like a Hell Comes to Frogtown type situation. (laughs) I just want that episode of Sliders where us three are in an alternate reality that people are trying to pay me for sex. Oh, jeez. Like, if I could pick two people to do Sliders with, it would be you two. Honestly... Same. I love
1: small
3: hamburgers.
0: (laughs) Well, we can see where Paige's mind is at. Let's just move on with the episode. What if we slid into a universe that only had large hamburgers, like extra large hamburgers? I'm
1: here for that, That sounds amazing. Saucers. I just like burgers in general. Yeah. All all I'm saying is this is a suspect adoption. Yeah. But at the same time, his family clearly loves and cares for him, and that's great. Yeah. It's just a little strange that it was, you know- Done kind of like a drug deal, but also it was the 60s, so weird shit was happening. Yeah. We cut back to him in the hospital where he's coding, and then we cut back to essentially his life in the past where he says he then wanted to be the best, most perfect son he could be to kind of, quote unquote, live up to it. Yeah,
3: to make up for his being adopted, I guess, which...
1: Which is you know Messed up yeah. you, des- you deserve love No matter what But Absolutely. like Anyways
3: But I'll also argue That Jim Carrey's character In this movie Doesn't know what love is And will never Fully experience it Because his brain Can't comprehend it
1: Yes I would I would yeah. argue That Jim Carrey's character In this film Does not experience Emotion in the way That most other humans do uh, Or remorse Or empathy <laughs> Or any number of things And um no one really addresses that. They're just kind of like, he's quirky. Yeah. Isn't he weird? I was like, he has he has some serial killer tendencies, yeah. and he just hasn't killed anybody yet. He is
3: a dangerous man.
1: Yes, yeah. he is a dangerous man. Oh, man. He's a dangerous... I mean, like, this sounds terrible. We're lucky that he only decided to just break in and out of prison for love, because if he had other goals... Oh,
3: Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's clearly like super smart. Like, if he wanted to be a serial killer, he would have been a very good serial killer.
1: I am astounded <laughs> by the things that he pulls yeah. off. And so much of it is real. So much of it is things that he did.
3: Did you look any of that up? Absolutely. Hell yes. Paige, I love you so much.
0: Paige, I was so <laughs> tempted to like Google, and I was like, no, 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 no. Don't take this. That's from Paige's page. job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I did some I did some deep googling oh, yes. and like
3: God, I'm so excited for fun facts.
1: The thing that I think he is so good at that that I think is so fascinating about him, he really harnessed bureaucracy. Like more than anything yeah. else, he understood how people would not question things to just push things through, to not have to like slow down work. That blows my mind The things he's able to do Just by banking on people Not checking And then being
3: right Yeah Wild Yeah I mean he gets away With most of this stuff Because people are mediocre At their jobs Yes Well I mean yeah. But it's true It is Absolutely true Mikey
1: 100% I, I, This sounds terrible That made me like the movie more Because I yeah. was just like Damn Now Back into the movie, because we'll get into that a little bit later. Back into the movie, we cut to him as an adult, and he's in the church choir playing piano. We see Leslie Mann in the audience... He is a police officer. We we find out that that's his job. Yeah. And that he stole files to try and find his mother and brings those files home. Hang on.
3: I, we have to talk about how he brings that up to Leslie Mann because like-
1: Well, we haven't gotten there yet. Oh, There's okay. like two scenes before that.
3: Yeah. Well, can we talk about his crazy hair though? Like, because when you first see him as an adult, I laughed immediately because his hair is, it's so bonkers. Do you want to unlock a fun fact right now? Oh my yes. God. Yes, please. Yes. Jim Carrey shaved his own
1: hairline back not he was not asked to do this by the studio what but he but he did it because he thought that Stephen Ray Russell who is the real life man that he's portraying in this movie was a more cerebral guy and he thought that's how he would present it almost like giving him a bigger forehead huh Yeah, Jim Carrey's a weird dude. I don't know if you
3: know. Yeah,
0: I I did know that. Yeah, so like (laughs) there are a lot
3: of comics out there. I'd be like, man, I would love to just like hang out with them, get a coffee, and pick their brain. Jim Carrey is not one of those people for me.
1: (laughs) I would absolutely go to a gallery opening to see his paintings. He has very good paintings. But yeah, I don't think I want to hang out. (laughs) No,
3: I mean, I just feel like he's the kind of guy who would talk you to death about like something very, like, weirdly specific that you don't care about and like would not let you say anything about anything you like, like, I just don't feel like it would be a good experience for anyone involved.
0: I don't know. I feel like I'd have coffee with him if he asked. I mean, that's all I'm saying.
3: Yeah, I mean, Jim, if you want to reach out, I would like. I'm happy (laughs) for you to prove me wrong. If you're a fan, maybe, and want to like just get coffee and talk podcast shop, I'm fine with it.
0: It's hard for me to make judgment because I feel like he had like a thing, like like almost a break, quote unquote breakdown, like a few years ago. But I feel like
3: yeah, no his his
1: girlfriend died by suicide. His ex girlfriend died by suicide, and it caused a. a Pretty big. break, I yeah.
0: don't think I would like being famous or and not trusting anyone in your life and stuff like that. So I, I, I can't. I, it's hard for me to judge celebrities' mental health because I feel like they're in such a weird place. Not that I'm not shaming your joke here, but I'm just saying. Like, I wonder what he's really like. You know what I mean? When people like let their guard yeah, down.
1: Yeah, I, I, I have heard from people who have met him that he's pretty intense, and he does, and he is well documented as having a uh, ADHD, and then uh, you know a number of other kind of depressive things as well and so i think sometimes that just comes with the territory with those kind of people i i mean as a person with adhd i have definitely talked too long to people about cults or murderers or any number of things at a party same so like i've been that person i get it but i i have heard that he can be very intense to talk to um but all that to say, he shaved his forehead for this. Wow.
3: And it wasn't to look more like the guy. Like, when I was watching it, in my mind, I was like, oh, this guy must, like, in real life, because it's based on a real dude, have, like, a super high hairline and sort of crazy hair.
1: Well, I think there's some of that. And part of that is just because it's in the past. I mean, a lot of this is taking place late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. And that was more of the style. Now, the real Philip Morris looks a lot like Ewan McGregor. Really? Which is crazy. Really, He's in the
3: movie, fools. He <gasps> is in
1: this movie. The real
3: Philip Morris is? Yes. I will what? reveal it when
1: we get to it. Oh, yes.
3: Oh, God. I can't wait. Okay, go, 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 go. Yes. Let's just move on. Let's move on.
1: But yeah, so, so the hair is a choice. Let's put it that way. Wow. So he comes home with a box of files. And we kind of have to assume that it's the mom because he's just been talking about it. Um, and he goes upstairs to put his daughter into bed. Steffi is her name, and he plays like "Got Your Nose." And he he seems to be a very
3: loving yeah. father. He's like a he's like a loving, goofy kind of dad. Like that's yeah. sort of the dad I I kind of want to be one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just like making her laugh, like letting her know she's loved, and all that stuff. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And then he goes into the bedroom with Leslie Mann and they're praying before bed. And this scene made me laugh till I almost peed because of just the things that she is praying about. I oh could not control my laugh. Just her <laughs> like, if it, if it weren't for you, Jesus, I would have never found that coffee filter. And you're just like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, and thank you for her allergy appointment because it was your plan for her to enjoy nuts in her life. I was losing my my, i love leslie
3: mann a lot i think she's a very good comedic sort of actress and she like she just goes so hard at being this like super religious lady that it was so yes. funny and then jim carrey also like all right let's do da- and oh oh we're not done oh no i thought we were done really we're gonna talk about nuts now like it was just so he was so funny too like the oh. whole scene is very very funny because of their like dichotomy there growing up in the deep south <laughs> I will
0: tell you. Yeah. Mikey. I have been witness to many prayers such as this.
1: Oh, same. That's why it was
0: so funny. <laughs> where I giggled my ass off. And like you know, some prayers are good and it's very serious. Very serious. you gotta keep your eyes closed. But, but like I once watched someone thank Jesus for finding like coins in the sofa. Yeah. So you just gotta open your eyes, see if there are any kids who's not closing their eyes so you guys can giggle at this prayer yes. together.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh man. We cut, it literally smash cut from the prayer smash to them right. having yeah. the strangest <laughs> sex ever.
3: And I think- Oh, is it strange? It's oh. super strange. Is it weird to talk about pulling paperwork about your birth mom while you're balls deep inside Leslie Mann? <laughs> my,
1: my favorite thing is when Leslie Mann is like, that's interesting, but I think you should think about it at another time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. But also, I think this movie does a great job of- Before they ever tell you he's gay
3: Oh god that reveal got me dude I lost it so hard (laughs) At that reveal I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I know we'll get there.
1: I felt like every, like, as we're seeing him with Leslie Mann, there's something unnatural about it where you're just like, oh yeah, this isn't right.
3: (laughs) This is, there's something not. I mean, he's clearly just quote unquote, like banging it out. Like, it's just like, he's not super into it. He's just doing it to be doing it sort of a thing.
1: It reminded me of The Room. Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) Oh, hi, Mark. If you've ever seen, if you've ever seen The Room- I
3: mean that's a rom com, right?
1: Oh God, if we could do the room one day, yes. Uh, He, but in in the sex scenes in the room, he's just he's a little too high. Yeah, where you're just like absolutely is is, he is he boning her stomach? What's going on? And the same is true in this movie where I'm like, where I'm just like this doesn't work. It's not. I don't know. And I'm sure it was just so they could get that shot without him hurting Leslie Mann.
3: Because like, <laughs> he is going pretty hard.
1: <laughs> so, oh, my God. Well, and he's got the, the headboard that he's like pulling on as he does. It. So yeah. it's, it's like noise and motion. It is. It's one of the funniest sex scenes I've seen in a long time. It is I very think, funny. Yeah. The, the only thing Maybe a little funnier Is the one in Dolomite is my name But this is Pretty close <laughs> <laughs> So uh, He tells her That he's got the files They go downstairs And look And they find out That she lives Like in their neighborhood And
3: they're both Drinking just Full glasses of milk Yeah Which seems bonkers But like Paige I would imagine And you're on the record As enjoying some Toast coitus Yes A cold glass of milk With some toast coitus Is not bad
1: Uh, My, my husband will often Do that yeah.
3: I don't well,
0: he's gotta gotta get that protein back up, bro. <laughs> warm, warm cookies and milk.
1: <laughs> well, I I typically don't drink milk on its own. Yeah,
0: me either. me either. I don't. It's usually not in my house. I don't buy it because I don't drink it enough. Uh,
1: I we buy a little bit of milk for cereal, and then I'll buy like larger quantities of milk to make cheese. But like, yeah, I, ra- I rarely just drink milk. Jake will, but I I don't really. Um. So it was, but it's that very kind of quote-unquote innocent like look they're drinking milk and like you know it's a family she's gonna make cookies yeah even though nothing in this is right <laughs> like
0: <laughs> yeah. just, hey she takes that all really well later on
1: i kind of love her character Me too. And i she, wish we
3: got more of her to be honest
1: i do too and and there are parts of this where she is she says some insensitive things about him being gay But at the end of the day, she also remains his friend and is one of the few people that I think he can be honest with throughout yeah. his life because he'll call her to be like hey i'm changing phone numbers she's like oh you're on the run again and he's just like yep and she's like all right we'll just let us know what the new number
3: is yep. yeah she's
0: like when are you gonna settle down you crazy man well have fun when you don't have to worry about custody i mean you know you're able yeah. to have better friendships <laughs>
1: yeah probably well she also yeah. she knows all of his boyfriends which I think is really oh, that's true telling because and it's not in a a mean way where it's just like, oh hi, Jimmy, or like or oh hi, Philip. No, she so often asks
3: about how they're doing. How's Philip doing?
1: Yeah, yeah, which to me suggests that either a they've hung out. Or B, that she is well-versed about it and is invested in his happiness in this relationship, even if it's not with her. Which, like, I joke all the time about, like, if Jake ever came out of the closet, I would just be like, let me cater the wedding. But honestly, I feel like this is your best case scenario if this happens to you, is to just, like, have them as friends in your life. But yeah, so we cut to him trying to find his birth mother, birth parent yeah
3: this scene was so funny (laughs) yes
1: well we also find out that he only became a cop to find her yeah he didn't care about being a cop he didn't want to be a cop he just wanted to find her and he's like hey you gave a baby up for
3: adoption i think it's me and she
1: immediately knows it's him yeah
3: and i love that she says I don't know what you're talking about S- Stephen. and like yeah, go away Steven yeah. I was like
1: she knows his name yeah like, and he she, hasn't he
3: has not said his knows. name
0: his badge does not say his first <laughs> yeah. name like there's no way she'd know that unless she knew my I'd favorite part of this scene is that he's like I was the middle child like what, yeah. what happened? Yeah, why did she no, my favorite, my favorite part was when she, he picked up the welcome mat and says, I'm
3: taking this because it's not true. And then <laughs> it's he walks a lie. Away. Oh, and then he breaks her screen and then yeah. walks away.
1: Well, and, and here's the thing. People give people up for adoption for any number of reasons. It's right. not necessarily because they don't love them or don't care about them. But this scene is still so funny because she knows it's him. She knows that she lives that close and it's just like, Bye and they're having a family Birthday party and she's just like Closing the door in his face Like his other two brothers are in there And she's just like <laughs> nope Hard pass So after finding his mom They don't have a relationship So he no. quits the police force And moves to Texas Where we find out that he Works for Cisco uh Basically like um Like distributing grocery items Essentially so like He's a like a produce distributor. Yes. And they're having a house party. And at this point, Leslie Mann's like, yeah, he's got plenty of time at home so I can keep an eye on him. And then they make out in the creepiest way ever.
3: It's like Natalie and I at Chewy's, right, Mikey? (laughs) I don't want to talk about it.
0: (laughs) For the record, it was a pet kiss at Chewy's. Oh, bullshit. Oh, my God. I'm like sitting there eating chips and sauce and they're like making out. I'm like, I'm like talking to the waiter. I'm like, I'm sorry. This is not appropriate. You were not talking well, to the waiter about that though. You were trying to pick up that waiter. No. You don't you wouldn't know because your tongue was in her throat. I was eating in a restaurant. <laughs> I was eating in a mouth.
2: Oh.
3: This
1: <laughs> this, this makeout scene is just that step too far more than you would do in public to the point where it seems like you're trying to convince other people. You're like, oh yeah, we have sex all the time.
3: Or you're trying to like convince yourself, Paige.
1: Yeah that too um, Because our very next cut Is to an intense Sex
3: scene Oh yeah, Where
1: we're only seeing Jim Carrey From the waist up And then we cut down to reveal That he's having sex with a man that is not Leslie Mann And <laughs> he's yeah. like And it's a much more Passionate, natural, feeling sexy Oh
3: yeah, I mean no one's clothed in this sex scene He has <laughs> like beads of sweat Like he's going at it Yes,
1: and he's like Did I forget to mention I'm gay? And, and of course he has not <laughs> Through this the whole movie We have maybe you know theorized But this is the first time he's mentioning it Right And he's like have been as long as I can remember And we cut back to the scene of those children in the fields and they're like, "Look up! I see this cloud. I see that cloud." And he just says, "I see a wiener. It's a man's wiener. I see it. There it is. And it cuts up to the clouds. And it is just fully it is a, a dick. cloud dick. Yeah. It is a cloud dick. Oh, did they?
0: It looked real. Like did they did they go look at clouds until they found a cloud dick, or did they? No, CGI'd that is it? absolutely
1: no. CGI, Mikey.
0: It's a CGI dick, bro."
1: I'm going to cum yellow Nimbus on her back. (laughs)
0: Oh, shit. Oh, Oh,
1: man. Um, But he talks about how he has been essentially living a lie. And he tends to do that where he's been hiding it from Leslie Mann, telling her that he's working late or seeing clients. And he compares it to shaving off a piece of the puzzle piece to make it fit, which is not how you do puzzles.
3: No, it is not. <laughs> that,
1: that's <laughs> not a puzzle. But as he do does that, he gets in a
3: brutal car accident. Oh, yeah. And oh, I was so surprised oh. by that. It was amazing. I was too. Like the way it's shot, you're just like, oh, this is like a cool little like hero shot. And then smash like T-boned from another car.
1: It is one of the wildest car accidents I've ever seen on film. It is yeah. shot crazy. And it, it looks like real and abrupt. They did a great job with it. Yeah, it's
3: really good.
1: But as they pull him from the wreck, he's like, he's essentially had a near death experience. And he's like, I'm going to live my life the way that I want. I'm going to be a big F slur that we can't say.
0: I mean, he really leans into it, though. Like, Really, a, a into lot. It. He's like, Which, that's what people are gonna call me because that's what I'm gonna be. So much like, that the
3: EMTs wow. are like, "All right, buddy, let's just okay, like calm okay, it buddy. down."
0: <laughs> well,
1: and I'm like, I'd feel better about this if it was a gay actor, but because it's not, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. Oh no! This is like when Quentin Tarantino's in
3: movies (laughs) using the N word. Justin. Oh yeah. I thought you meant just in general. Yeah, I get that feeling just looking at his face. So
1: uh, (laughs) he then says, "He's like, I just got to find the right way to break it to Debbie." And it smash cuts to him in the hospital being like, "I'm gay," and she just goes, "Huh?" And then cuts away. And it was—it's so abrupt. Like it shouldn't be as funny as it is but it's just the like i gotta figure out the right way to do it and then just the most basic yeah, way it
0: seems like it was immediate like she just got to the hospital that's the first thing <laughs> yes. he said to that her that is completely how my brother came out <laughs> just <laughs> walked up to my mom <laughs> just walked like him and i were at the beach we we're all at the family vacation we we're in the water weren't you guys a little bit drunk too oh definitely <laughs> we were in the water drinking and then he's like i was like come on i was like he really, we got into it he came out and i was like oh i love this we had like a sweet moment he told me all these things we like really bonded and i was like are you going to tell mom and he's like yeah i'm going to tell her and i was like do you want me to like leave you guys want to go for a walk or he's like no that's he's like that's too gay and i was like <laughs> It was like, Kevin. So he runs up to the rented beach chairs. There's families all around, and he's got a beer in hand. He's like, Mom, I'm gay. And that's it. And the families are all looking at us. And she's like, okay. And then, so then we sit down and have this big talk on the beach chairs. It was great. But pretty much this scene. It sounds like she took it well, though.
1: Yeah, just ripping the Band-Aid yeah, off. Yeah, so like, much
3: like
0: Leslie sh- Mann, your mom was on board for it. <laughs> and yeah. also, unlike Leslie Mann, we knew before.
1: <laughs> I here, Here's what's crazy. I think Leslie Mann did, too. They don't cover it in this movie, but I think she finds out and is just like, yeah, I, yeah.
3: Or at okay. least like, oh, yeah, that makes so much sense now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you this, know. a lot of things are falling into place. Yeah. But he moves to he moves to Florida and starts dating Rodrigo Santoro, yeah. which like
3: also from Love Actually. Oh, and he's in Westworld. Yeah, he's great. Oh yeah.
1: But he he develops a bit of a spending problem where he's buying anything that catches his eye. They're going out, Jim Carrey does.
3: Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes Rodrigo does not seem like he's that kind of guy
1: It doesn't seem like he really cares Where it really seems like Stephen is the one driving yeah. that lifestyle And he even says he's like, being gay is expensive And I'm like, no, no It's just your buying habits are problematic
3: Yeah <laughs> I did love the montage of him, quote unquote, making more money I'm like, all the slip and falls And like When he <laughs> walks At that escalator And just like Swan dives Down it <laughs> I lost it I like Could not stop myself From like Chortling It was embarrassing
1: I think one of the One of the great things About this movie Is God You you have Jim Carrey Doing Peak physical Jim Carrey comedy Oh yeah But then playing it Kind of straight And I mean straight yeah. In the comedy sense Of like Yeah, yeah. He he is not really the one making the jokes. He is he is kind of just standing by as the jokes happen, and it really does make for funny scenes. Although the whole time I was watching it, I just kept thinking, "I'm like, you know, Neil Patrick Harris could have done this. Like, oh yeah, right. there are a ton, a ton of other people who could do this, but it it is very very funny. Yeah, he does swan dive down that escalator. That's I like so the, funny the cooking oil slip and fall I like the cooking
0: oil one yeah <laughs> so
1: funny um he he's also committing credit card fraud so we cut to him with like a stack of credit cards and a stack of IDs and he gives Jimmy a watch and Jimmy it seems like is not doesn't want to be as flashy because it's gold and he's kind of like eh. and essentially Steven's like no the gold's for me i got you the stainless cuz i knew you would want but like yeah. the stainless <laughs> would be the the less flashy one essentially right. Uh, And then we cut to him calling Deb for Christmas. And he's like, did you get my gifts? And she's like, I can't keep this. It's not what the Lord wants. And then we see in the background, her daughter is opening a present and it's just full of cash. It literally is just like a box
3: full of cash, which
1: honestly.
0: (laughs) It's just a box of cash. (laughs) It's the best gift. I don't care if you're 30 or if you're four. It's the best gift. Does he do it twice? Because I think he does it again when he's the CFO. he
1: He does it again later. But like. This one where the little girl in the background just holds up stacks of hundreds and is just like, mommy, I lost my mind. I was laughing so hard. Uh, So at this point, he comes into his office and there are cops in his office waiting for him. So he goes on the run. Oh, yeah. Because he knows what jail was like. He used to be a cop. And so he drives a red Bronco and tries to die by suicide uh by taking a whole bottle of pills and washing it down with
3: booze <laughs> dude when when you see him slowly roll off the interstate head on the horn oh. like D- as that a- so such a funny shot i i mean we are watching this man at like the lowest point in his life that he is trying to end and he i'm laughing at it like that's the kind of movie yeah. this is that's my whole job <laughs> I'm, kid- I'm kidding I'm kidding I'm kidding Sort of not though Mikey Like <laughs> yeah. am I
1: He wakes up in the hospital With Jimmy Over him Yeah And he's like Jimmy's like Why didn't you tell me Like we didn't I didn't need all those things Like if you had told me There were money problems We would have just Figured it out And Deb is also there
3: I also get the vibe That his boyfriend Was like We'll figure this out We'll get through this together Like wasn't gonna Break up with him Necessarily at this Mm -hmm. point
1: We know that he doesn't uh, Because later in the movie We find out what happens But uh, he He goes and tells Deb That he's awake And he and Deb together Are talking to the police because I think they both care about him still. Yeah. And we find out that he's got multiple warrants in Texas. And at this point, this is the one time I think they have Leslie Mann say something kind of insensitive. Where she's like, so is the gay thing oh, and the yeah. stealing things that go hand in hand? But my favorite is Rodrigo Santoro immediately is like, what the fuck are you talking yeah. about?
2: <laughs>
1: like, that's such a stupid thing to ask. Like, Why would you do that? Um. So he runs from the hospital He tries to jump off the parking structure Into a dumpster Misses the dumpster Oh
3: man that was so funny Just like you see him throw his shoes into the dumpster They land perfectly fine And he just like swan dives off of it And then it cuts over to him And he's like face down on the (laughs) pavement Next to the (laughs) dumpster I lost it
1: Well shoes become like a through line in this movie Where every time (laughs) he gets arrested He's like "Just can you just get my shoes And no one ever does Nobody ever does so he we do find out that there was a long period of he just says appeals and personal losses and we don't know what those personal losses are until much later but essentially it's a long time before he actually goes to prison prison for this. Yeah. He gets to prison and we cut to prison where he's giving a tour to a new guy where he's like i'm steven let me show you around here's the law library this here's- tour is
0: bonkers
1: it's well he introduced him to like if you wants to from the outside he's the guy you'll need to have money or you could suck his dick uh then you're probably going to get beat up you just have to fight back win or lose or you <laughs> could suck their dick or if you get something from the outside cookies brownies whatever if you want to get it you can suck that guy's dick or pay for it. And if you need anything, just ask me. And the guy's like, do I need to suck your dick? And he's just like, that That'd would be great. be great. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> we cut to him calling from the payphones in jail to Debbie's machine. And he's just kind of leaving the message of like, he still definitely cares for her and cares for their daughter, which is really I, I do like their friendship. I really I like do. like it a lot, too. Yeah. But mm-hmm. as he's on the phone, he looks through the window kind of into the yard and he sees Ewan McGregor's character, Philip, uh, sidestep a fight like somebody's like getting shivved on the ground and he just kind of sidesteps it to keep doing a crossword.
3: Yeah. He's like slowly walking through what looks like a cafeteria sort of place. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like a like a courtyard or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah just yeah. Do, a, do a crossword. Court
3: food court yeah food court you know the prison food courts where they have like Sabaros and a chick-fil-a yes. <laughs> which honestly would be great i'd be like yeah can i get a uh, two slices of pepperoni and a uh, spicy chicken sandwich and then i would just suck their dick and it'd be free
0: <laughs> todd it's not like that sandals resort
1: <laughs> is there a sabaro at sandals i know i was like god
0: i hope so <laughs> <laughs>
3: There's gonna be one when we do our meetup there. <laughs> oh, oh, I've
1: never been to a Sandals. This would be nice.
3: I would do a like vacation meetup. Like, just tell all of our fans that we're gonna do like one live show from Sandals, Jamaica, or whatever, and they can sign up if they want.
0: I'm not opposed to this. I, I want to go on vacation on whenever.
1: Yeah, we we joked about doing Cult Pod Camp. And getting a camp to do, like, a cult podcast camp. Uh, and it is surprisingly affordable, but logistics are tough.
3: So... Yeah, that's why I want to go to an all-inclusive resort. Camping sounds terrible. Have fun with the cult no, podcast. No, no, shit. no,
1: but like, like a church camp where they have, like, a cafeteria and cabins and whatever.
3: Oh, I have a great location for that. I know of a great location for that. No joke. Can
1: they have weed there?
3: I mean sure yeah
1: see that's the thing because there's a ton in california where we can have weed but then everyone would have to come to california anyway so uh he approaches ewan mcgregor in the law library he finds him reaching for a book and he hands it down to him he lies about being an attorney yeah and at this point Uh, Philip, Ewan McGregor's character Tells him that he has A friend with AIDS And he's trying to get him Some real help But I don't even know What I'm looking for I don't
3: even know Where to start Yeah
1: Yeah And and Steven is like You need to contact This committee Nice to meet you I'm Steven And Ewan McGregor's like I'm Philip."
3: But they essentially Have like their first date And it's like one of those Like Yeah Where they like Really connect You know Like where you like Go out for the first time And you're like Holy shit I actually really like this person There's like a lot of Electricity there And then like you know, things, it's clear that you're going to see this person a lot after this. Yeah. Or five days later they're like, nah. Mikey, I was so glad you put your phone down and started paying attention because Mm. I was setting you up for that joke. Mm -hmm, I mean, Mikey, have
1: you have you considered like, you know, breaking a ton of laws to make sure that that person can have a personalized jet ski?
3: No. Yeah, Mikey, I think the problem with your dating life is that you're just not committing enough credit card (laughs) fraud.
1: <laughs> about those checks later, though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I could, I guess. How do you do that? I don't know. Do you think she would text you back
3: if you, uh, you know, were trying to help her get out of jail? I think she would.
1: <laughs> so, but they tell each other about their families and everything. They really do hit it off. And we find out that Philip is being transferred to another unit across the yard.
3: Yeah, same prison, different unit and right. he won't go into the yard cuz it's like a dangerous place.
0: It's basically like East Nashville.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like if I was still dating and someone was like, "Yeah, I live in East Nashville." I'd be like, "Unmatch." <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Santa Monica, that's too far.
3: I just made Kate really mad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our head mod Kate who lives in East Nashville. It's it's basically like it's it's like long distance
0: at that point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to cross the Cumberland to go on a date with you. That's crazy. <laughs>
1: I mean, the yard is is dangerous for him. Yes. He's, he, he could get yeah. jumped. He could get hurt. Uh-huh. So that's why he doesn't go. So we cut to they they end up having to go to the different units. But before they do, Stephen is like, hey, you're important, essentially. Like, mm-hmm. this is important. This is destiny. Yeah. So Philip goes to his cell. And as he basically just first sits down in his cell, he gets a note From the janitor Or the the inmate who's working as the janitor Yeah Finds out that Stephen has left him chocolate In his little toilet paper roll and they essentially write letters to each other back and forth it's for so sweet. three months. Yeah, it's they very become like pen sweet. pals. Yeah, yeah, it's adorable. Uh, you know, you just half expect him to show up later and be like, I wrote you every day for a year.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it is sort of like falling in love, like at Civil War times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, and they, we, we get snippets of some of the letters that they're writing. And. It's one of those things where it's kind of played for comedy because it seems like such simplistic stuff. But those are the kind of things that you write somebody when you're first falling
0: in love with them. No one wants to open up their phone and be like, here's all the texts I sent the girl I was dating yesterday. Because that shit is not something you share with people. Mikey,
3: (laughs) I really want to go through your texts all of a sudden.
0: I want to go through I want to text for you. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, Mikey, I'd let you see my texts. Like,
0: there's nothing crazy in my texts. uh,
1: who do you want to see texts from, Mikey, right now? I will show you one person's you texts. You guys
0: live with them. It doesn't count. if Let's uh, fuck all y'all.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because all the shit you're talking about that you have to text these women that you don't live with, I just whisper in her ear <laughs> while she's sleeping. Yeah, it's so weird.
1: There you go. <laughs> anyway, so at a certain point, the letters stopped coming for a couple days. Mm-hmm. And so Philip asks the janitor... Like, is there anything? And he just says, I ain't no DHL. You got a fucking tracking number, motherfucker. I was, it was so funny. That, that might be my favorite character, honestly. Dude, the way <laughs> he
3: takes that beating because he said he'd play the whole song. <laughs> I gained so much love for that character in that moment. I'm a man of my word. My word is my bond. Is my bonds. It's my So funny. Uh, I lost it.
1: Well, the cell opens and it's Steven. So, like, he hasn't had any letters from him, but he managed, Steven managed to get transferred. And he's like, how did you do this? I know a guy. I took care of it. I'm going to take care of everything. And they just immediately bone it out. Yeah. We cut back to them basically having pillow talk. oh And talking about their past relationships. But something interrupts them. It's a man buzzing basically in the same sound and tone as the doorway to enter the cell block yes and philip is like oh yeah that's the screecher next door i haven't slept in months i sort of felt bad for this
3: that guy i
1: got to do too because
3: he's clearly got some issue that's causing him to do that Right. And then Steven arranges for him to get like the shit beat out of him.
1: Well, we smash cut to him being beat up the next day yeah. by someone who doesn't know him. So people are like, well, clearly somebody paid him. Yeah. So Philip sees it and goes back to his cell and is like, did you have the screecher beat up? And he's like, well, you hate that guy. And he's like, yeah, I did. But, like, that is the most romantic <laughs> thing anyone has ever
0: done. You are so amazing. Yeah, you think he's going to get upset, but he is not upset about <laughs> it. He's not upset. No, I heard that guy wailing. He needs a beating. <laughs> yeah. He probably needs medication. Yeah. I think he was doing... Well, okay. If he was mentally ill, yes. Yeah. But some people, in especially in corrective situations, they hold on to any power they have and power over people... Sometimes means just upsetting them and it makes them feel like they're in control of something. So they just, he could just be a person just really wanting to piss everyone off. Well, that could be. And if that is the case, beat his fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I would need to know. I
3: would need to know first. <laughs> Violence is never the answer. Earplugs are
1: the answer.
3: <laughs> can you get earplugs though?
1: Yeah, you just have to suck you a get guy's the dick. commissary <laughs> yeah. oh. Anyway, we cut to, they're back in the cell. It's finally quiet. And they pass a note to Cleavon, who is the the janitor yeah. in the cell next to them because they want him to play a song and they end up having to pay him ten dollars to do it. Uh, and their agreement is you got to play the whole thing. Yeah. And he just says, fuck you. My word is my bond. Like, I was going to play the whole thing anyway. Why would you think I would? Right. Like, he's offended so, by
3: them saying that, clearly.
1: Right. So he plays the song, <laughs> and Philip asks Stephen to dance, and he doesn't want to dance, but eventually he gets down and dances.
3: Yeah, he acquiesces and gets off the top bunk and starts, you know, dancing with him.
1: So they end up dancing and kissing. We get, like, a montage of them watching a romantic movie at movie time.
3: Like like 40s romantic movies. Like
1: Yeah, and, and yeah. they're, like, cuddled up. And then as we cut forward, there's another prisoner
3: just jerking. Oh my it. god!
1: I laughed so hard.
3: I was <laughs> like, "There's only one person in here watching this movie correctly."
1: Yeah. <laughs> then we cut to we cut to the cafeteria where Stephen has arranged for them to have surf and turf, like sh- steak and shrimp, yeah, in the so cafeteria. Uh, we cut to them shaving together in the shower. And then we cut back to them kind of kissing and dancing in the cell. And we do hear the corrections officers being like, hey, it's lights out. That means no music. You got to turn the music off. And Cleavon next door is like, fuck you. My word is my bond. And they're like, if you don't turn it off, we're going to have to come in. Fuck you. And he basically cusses them out until they raid next door. And you just, as they're slow dancing over the song that keeps playing, you just
3: hear him over and over. My word is my bond until you hear the taser. Yeah, they tase
0: the shit <laughs> out of him. Oh, oh
3: man. my god! But it's like this, like really romantic scene with a horrific beating during it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, oh, it, it's that juxtaposition <gasps> that is so crazy in yeah. this movie. But at the same time, like Cleavon
3: fucks. good for Cleavon. Yeah,
1: Cleavon's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we find out that Steven is being transferred.
3: Yeah. I mean, pretty abruptly, it's like they're cuddling in their cell and then boom, yeah. he has to go.
1: Well, and it's because they found out that he paid the people who beat up the screecher. Yeah. Uh, so Philip basically chases through the hallways through the yard. He goes yeah. out onto the yard, even though he never goes out to, on, onto the yard to catch the bus before it leaves. And from the bus.
3: And this is the only character development we get in the entire film from any character. <laughs>
1: That, I mean that is true <laughs> That's so true because, because even when Steven's like I learned this But it really just means that he learned Another way to grift people yeah. So they yell from the bus I love you, I love you too yeah. And Steven says we'll be together again soon I promise, I love you Philip Morris yeah. And we watch as the bus pulls away And he says in voiceover Those are the longest three months ever I wrote to him every day and then after I was released, he basically gets out. I don't know how he got out first, but whatever.
3: Well, I mean, he had clearly been in there longer. That's, That's true. true. That's
1: true. He goes to the nearest thrift store. Uh, the taxi driver basically witness, witnessing to him about our good Lord Jesus Christ the entire trip there and back. Because essentially he leaves the prison, goes and buys a suit, then comes back as his lawyer, yeah. as Philip's lawyer, which here's what I couldn't get my I couldn't wrap my brain around in this movie. How many people don't recognize him?
3: A I'm lo- like, it's the same dude. You saw him every day. You literally just let him out of your prison
0: today. Yeah, yeah. You would yes. be surprised. I don't recognize people from my gym outside the gym. Because like with like real clothes on. Mikey, where are you looking at people at the gym? At the gym? Like, you know, people are in their workout clothes and they're sweaty. It's like a different oh, look than okay. what people are outside of. In their workout clothes. Like we had a meetup and I was like, I don't know any of these people. And they're like, hey, Michael. And I was like, yeah, hey. <laughs> Mikey, are you okay? <laughs> what kind of gym do you go to that you guys have
3: meetups, not at the gym? Mikey did you join a cult Yeah Mikey you're in a cult You've never like made friends with people out there at your gym When you're like Mikey I've never made a friend Ever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you kidding me
1: Except for that one time with that truck.
0: We all like, went out, we all, like made plans to go to dinner and like, you know, like the guys were easy to recognize, but you know, you can't recognize, I don't know, whatever. Fuck all If y'all. you can't recognize uh, the women at your gym when they're not in gym
3: clothes, you're not looking at them in the face while they're working out. People look very
0: different, <laughs> showered, <laughs> put together. And, oh.
2: Any, anyway, yeah, we regardless, gotta move on to save
0: Mikey's. Yeah. I don't even look at him. I'm like throwing up in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Cardio is a bitch sometimes, man. I get I know. it. Yeah.
1: So he comes back to Philip. He's now Philip's lawyer, allegedly, although he's not a real lawyer. It's very catch me if you can, where he's practicing law without a law degree.
3: Right Well actually Casby if you can He does have a law degree Well he does pass the bar He passes the bar He doesn't bar, have a yeah. law degree But he doesn't pass the bar In this movie Steven doesn't
1: Yeah But he's filing motions He gets a letter From right. the judge Like he has figured out How to game the system And we cut to him Having a phone call About it And then returning To his job At like a deli counter <laughs> Where he's just like My boyfriend's Getting out of prison This week And the bagels In the basket oh, yeah. Next to him
3: Are in the shape Of a dick I love how he just like Knocked it over So it doesn't look at it like that was so funny to me
1: oh man um but then he shows up at prison and he has the early release order and they let philip out yeah and so they have a release party and philip introduces him to one of his old neighbors and basically says she's having a trouble with her building uh is this something you could help with legally and he's just like sure why not and she's <laughs> like,
3: like i'd happily pay your fee is what she says
1: right so he goes to court he has no idea what he's doing and he's losing this case oh yeah and he demands to be seen in chambers he goes into the judge's chambers and he's like i think you know exactly where i'm going with this and then just kind of stares the judge down and the judge is like are you talking about marshall versus chow and he just goes that's exactly what i'm talking about and the other (laughs) the other lawyer's just like damn it like the one thing yeah like the (laughs) one way they
3: could win this the judge gave him
1: yep 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 uh so he leaves and he's like i did great (laughs) like let's go out i'm paying so we cut to he brings philip into their fancy new apartment and philip is like how are we paying for this like what's going on and he just says you let me worry about the money I'll I'll take care of it. Also, we're going on vacation. We cut to them on a fishing boat that just says hooked up yeah. on the side. <laughs> oh,
3: and you and McGregor is clearly going down on him.
1: Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Dude, when he pulls his pants up, like he just see his legs
0: lift up and he, like <laughs> shimmies his pants back down towards his hips. I was like, I've done that move. No. Before that, you and McGregor spits into the ocean and then Jim Carrey goes, You don't love me. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Mikey, you've said that too, haven't you? (laughs) I don't use the L word.
3: (laughs) (laughs) The L word is Listerine, though. He doesn't use Listerine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, in voiceover, we hear him basically say, with Philip, I felt strong like I would never want for anything again, so I wanted to make sure I could give him everything. Basically, he wants to just pamper him. Yeah. And so he needed a real job, something dependable, no more scams. So he interviews at a company uh, owned by a man named Dan Lindholm, who has like a bunch of space shit in his office and is like, oh, were you an astronaut? He's like, no, nah, NASA's too political, <laughs> basically. Yeah,
3: it got the vibe that he worked there and wanted to go to space, but never got selected to go to space and then started this company, right? And he's like, I right. don't want to talk about it. But his lobby is full of NASA shit with a <laughs> yes. picture of him in, like, a NASA uniform. Well, my favorite is that that
1: Stephen is just like, really, you don't say? How do you crap up there?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and like- then he goes into detail about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So... He pulls up his resume and is like, Your level of experience and prior education, you're head and shoulders above the rest. I called all of your references. And we cut to Steven is pretending to be his own references. Right. Which so, honestly, people do it all the time. Yeah. Constantly. So they give him a job as the CFO.
3: <laughs> the fact that they give him such a high level position without like really vetting him blew my mind.
1: Well, and he's got like a corner office. He's got stacks of files and we
3: cut to a board meeting where it seems like he is out of his depth. I love this turn, though. I loved it so much because you're like, oh, the, good. The, the, the jig is up like they're, they know now that he's been there. They said that he's been there three months. But like yeah. he's through that quote unquote like ramp up period, you know, where you sort of give someone leeway because they're learning the business. Yeah.
1: Probationary period.
3: Yeah. Like you're just sure he's going to fall on his face. And then he like crushes this meeting. It's so great.
1: He does. And he basically stands up and gives a presentation about how they're making a ton more money than they expected in Q3. And he says he's going to show them how he did it and he cuts away from it. Yeah. So we don't actually know what he told them. Uh, but we cut to his office and his boss is like. Hey, important question. Do you play golf? Great. I'm going to kick your ass next week. And we cut back to his apartment where he's telling Phil that he has to go play golf. <laughs> yeah. And Phil's response.
0: So funny.
1: I mean, there are gay dudes that play. There are gay people of all variety that play golf, I am sure. But his assertion that golf is essentially you know, in in more words, straight people shits. Yeah, <laughs> it's so fun. Where he at one point is like, "Why don't you just eat pussy if you're gonna play golf?" Which is nuts.
3: I was really hoping we get Mikey to recite that line. <clears throat> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you to say it one of these days, Mikey. Nope.
1: <laughs> we cut to him playing golf, and he's terrible at it. He finally gets it up to the green, but he's been cussing the whole time, which is kind of like a big no-no in golf. (laughs) It's so funny, though. Like shit fist fucker like he's saying some
3: crazy shit it's so great
1: well and he walks back up out of the sand trap and is like pardon my french my mom smoked during pregnancy (laughs) 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 but then we cut back to the apartment where philip is kind of alone i do get the impression that philip is kind of lonely where he feels kind of neglected where steven's out doing all this stuff for quote unquote for philip that philip didn't ask him to do and Philip is just kind of left around the apartment by himself to eat Dove chocolates and put their messages on the fridge. Yeah. Because i it's it's one of those things that is so strange but at the same time kind of sweet where it just makes you like him even more.
0: Yes. When he reads that one message and then like holds his heart yeah. and puts yeah. that oh. one on the fridge. Oh.
3: <laughs> it is so cute. You and McGregor does such a great job in this movie. I just wanted to give him a hug. I know. I <laughs> wanted well, to pick him up like... and put him in my pocket. He was so sweet.
1: <laughs> you poor, poor man. I know. <laughs> like... Your
3: life is currently getting destroyed by a sociopath. And, <laughs> and you, you do no know And you don't know Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So Steven puts on a tux. And he's going out to a work gala. And promises to be home early. But at the work gala, they're like, hey, are you married? And he's like, oh, I'm engaged, but she's at work. Yeah. So he's he's lying about his life again. And we cut to him back at the office the next day. He tells a lawyer joke to the secretaries. And we watch it just, like, spread around the office till it gets back to him at golf. And one of the other executives tells it with, like, racial slurs. Oh, and it's, it's just, like, so bad. Horrific. Ugh. And this is where we find out that he's been robbing them
3: blind for months. I love the way they do this shot because it's like him at... Like dinner quote unquote Eating with them And like mm. they're talking And having a good time And he just looks bored as shit And it like slowly pushes in on him And he's like I don't know if it's because They're like the most boring Fucking people I've ever met But I decided to rob them blind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that shot It was so good
1: Well and what we find out Is essentially They had a medical management company yeah. Like an insurance company And we know that he's committed Insurance fraud before So he has learned The insurance business
3: I mean, honestly, he probably could have been a good CFO for them Had he not scammed them He could have had a pretty great life from here on out Yeah Yeah Well,
1: And he Essentially what he has chosen to do Is As money moves from the insurance company To the people that are paying it out It sits in an account In the interim And so he just Made that An insurance Earning account Like Or a uh, Not insurance Interest, pay, interest. An, an interest earning account Yeah And he's just skimming off the interest But because it's so much money He's Basically getting rich Just off the interest And he's only taking Half of it Which is Even crazier So like He's putting half of it in as earnings for the company. That's how he's doing so well as a CFO. And then he's taking the other half and embezzling it. Right. So he and Philip move into a fancy house because he told them he got a Christmas bonus in July. And Philip is questioning these things where Philip is like, this seems this is weird. And then he'll distract him with something like matching jet skis and matching Mercedes convertibles. And he pulls that convertible up to work, blasting music right up next to Larry. And being that flashy makes Larry suspicious.
3: Well, he's also sort of a dick about it. He's like, oh, did you get the 3 Series? Yeah, it's a really practical car. (laughs) Like, he's talking Mm -hmm. shit about his... It's a Mercedes, right? Like,
1: I, It's a Mercedes. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's a nice
0: car. It, it may not be a soft top convertible. By the way,
3: never buy a soft
0: top convertible. He's a con man. He's supposed to be well-liked. I think it just wears on him to be at the same place so long. Because once people don't like you, they will look into you and try to destroy you.
3: Yeah. I honestly think he gets so bored because perhaps he's just like super smart and gets bored easily that like he like sabotages his life to like
0: have to move on to something that he's not bored by. I don't know if that that may be too I would like, say you're on to something with a sabotage, but probably not because he's bored, it's probably something else. Like fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. But he comes off as like a genius in the movie. Like very, mm-hmm. very gifted at
3: con artistry. Well,
1: and here here's the thing. A lot of the things that we see in this movie happened in real life. Yeah. So yes, he is that smart. Yeah because he pulled it off, mm-hmm. you know? So Larry's looking through all their numbers and finally finds a page with a dick that also has a dick. It's a dick with a dick drawn on it.
0: That reminds me of like, uh, God, what was that movie? Uh, Superbad? Superbad, where he's drawing all the dicks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And he then takes it to the CFO.
0: The CEO. He takes it to the CEO.
1: No, you're right. The CEO, because Steven's the CFO. Yeah. But Steven overhears him kind of calling about the accounts he knows that he's literally about to find out what happened. So Stephen just leaves, withdraws a ton of money. He calls Leslie Mann to be like, Want to let you know I'm changing all my numbers And she's just like oh did you do it again I mean you should really stop Doing this but give us a call from Whatever your new number is
3: yeah from prison Probably <laughs> and his
1: boss Calls from the office and he's Like hey uh, where are you I'm at the office are you coming back and he's Like no I'm not coming back in and I think We'd both know why. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a baller move to be like, I'm not coming back in because I embezzled from you. Bye. Thanks for your millions. Bye. He gets to his house and people keep calling and Philip at this point is just like, something is up.
3: Yeah, and literally like the day before in the movie, uh, Philip was like, hey, you're not hiding something from me, are you? Like they have that sort of conversation and he Mm -hmm. gives him a chance to like come clean in a way that like still holds the relationship together. Uh, and right. Jim Carrey's character does not take him up on that. And then, of course, literally the next day this happens.
1: Yeah. And Philip literally runs and drives off in his car. Yeah. Stephen tries to. He tries to pack all the money and do it. But then the police literally get him right as he's leaving. Yeah. And he basically says, there I was again, keeping secrets and living a lie. And I tend to do that. And I don't blame Philip. I have to get him back. Because of something my ex-boyfriend Jimmy said. And this is when we cut back to finding out what happened to Jimmy in between the time when he missed that dumpster and then actually went to prison. There was a long period of time there. And we find out that during that time, Jimmy slowly died of AIDS and he basically watched it happen. Yeah. And it's incredibly sad. It is, and it's yeah. it's this scene of like, I know I'm going to die, but I want you to be happy after I die. Yeah. And it's crushing. It You're is just very like, oh. sad. Um, but he basically takes that to mean that it is Philip and that he has promised to treat him OK. So he has to get him back. So while he's in the back of the police car, he asks them to bring him Phillips insulin. And as soon as they hand it to him, I was like, oh, he's going to fake his death. Like yeah. immediately. Yeah. Because he essentially just injects himself enough times to make his blood sugar drop so that he goes into a coma.
3: <laughs> he injects himself like eight times. Like when- He could have died. Oh, so it's a miracle he didn't. But yeah. this is the second time when going to jail, he has done something that could have put his... Life on the line you know
1: Yeah he he does not seem to care
3: No he does not I did sort of love it though Because the cops hear something turn around and he has the syringe like sticking out of his yeah. arm and he's like just like spitting stuff out of his mouth trying to breathe and stuff oh man he's
1: foaming in the mouth in the back seat yeah. he wakes up in the hospital chained to the hospital bed they take him back to jail of
3: course he's chained to the hospital bed this guy's a yeah. genius <laughs> escape artist con artist like yeah chain him up
1: my favorite is they set him down on a bench to have him booked and <laughs> we cut down the benches they're like What'd you get, what are you in for, Grand Theft? What are you in for? And by the time they turn, he's already in the elevator escaping again.
3: Like with the cleaning crew?
1: Yeah, and then the elevator opens back up and they've already brought him back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he keeps calling Philip. He ends up forging his own bail paperwork. He calls and pretends to be a judge to get his bail processed faster. And he gets essentially... He gets out and they immediately bring him back. So like it doesn't last. They immediately catch him. Uh, But then he has someone hit him in the face with a phone so he can go to the infirmary. Yeah. He takes a guy's ID card. Then he breaks a Sharpie into the toilet so he can dye white scrubs to be green, green, which is
3: so smart. I love the way they cue that up, though, because he's like, I like your green scrubs. And then you see him making his scrubs green. Yep, and then he just walks
1: out. He walks out using an ID card. Yeah, and he gets recaptured at a local motel, and he never gets to keep his shoes. I love that. Um, We cut to him back at jail, where he's passing out sandwiches and steals a walkie-talkie so that he can pretend to be an. uh, This is so. He can pretend to be an undercover cop. Yeah. Where the only clothes They can get him Are like hot pants And a flame shirt (laughs) But he just walks through The walkie talkie And they're like Fucking vice cops man (laughs) Like where they're just assuming (laughs) Assuming he was undercover As a sex worker basically He gets out He pulls up to What is an adorable little
3: house Oh yeah
1: In a limo With a suit And a bouquet
3: I love (laughs) how he sidesteps the gate It's so He just just walks around it Yeah it's so funny and Philip is basically like, hey, fuck you. Yeah, you destroyed my
1: life. Yeah. And he did. Yeah, you put one of those accounts in my name, which makes me a co-conspirator. And now you're here at my house. How am I supposed to argue that I didn't know if you're like coming to pick me up and everything? Yeah. And they have this argument. And by the time they finish, the police are there. And well, now he's they're like-
0: Wait a minute! You're not even a lawyer. Are you not, Are you a lawyer? Yeah, you lied
1: to me about everything.
0: Literally everything. Yeah, and he did. He did lie to him about everything. Yeah, he well, did. He's things. a
1: terrible guy. Well, and now they're both back in booking for jail, and he—they're having. He has a very, very kind of sad but serious conversation of like, our whole relationship was lies. I don't know who you are, and I don't even think you know who you are. Yep. Because you are just whatever somebody needs you to be in the moment, and. We get in voiceover as they take Philip away to his cell block and Stephen away to his because they're going to two separate ones. He says, that was the last time I ever saw him. And maybe they are right. Maybe my whole life was a bunch of lies. And we kind of intercut between both of them back in prison. And he basically says, maybe I've lost track of who I was and maybe this is why my mom gave me up for adoption. Maybe she knew, which is impossible. There's no
3: way she knew. That child was a baby. You can't tell if they're a sociopath at that age.
1: Yeah. But we see him not really eating in the cafeteria. We see him barfing in the toilet and losing just a ton of
3: weight. I mean, it looks like he might have contracted AIDS. Like, it looks like that. Yeah, it it does. It's very convincing. He sells it really well. He sells it really well
1: because we cut to the doctor who's basically like, hey, your T-cells are bad. You probably don't have long to live. And so we then get him in voiceover basically saying, I've been in this bed for months, just waiting to die. I just want to see Philip one last time. And we find out that the message gets to Philip in jail. And Philip basically runs to the infirmary, but he's not there because he slipped into a coma. And he's conscious now, but very sick. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. And we're cutting between, like, hearing kids outside the window and him hearing his mother's voice. And the phone rings, and it's Philip on the line who wants to talk to him. And Philip has this, like, so sad speech of, like, I know that everything you did was because you loved me and I'm sorry, but you're just like,
3: oh, It is (laughs) super sad. It's like one of those like, hey, I still sort of hate you, but I cannot deny that I have and will always love you. Yeah. It's so sad. And also like a final goodbye mixed into all that. So it's truly sad.
1: It's truly sad. We also find out in this call that he tested fine. Which means that, like, where did he contract it? And I think the implication is maybe Jimmy, and it was latent, but we don't know. But what we'll find out is that he didn't contract it at all. This was fake, and that's why Philip right. doesn't have it. Well,
3: when Philip said, "I, I am fine," like he doesn't have it, I was yeah. like, "Oh, this is fake. He's faking this."
1: That would that that kind yeah. of peaked yeah. peaked. It For me, too. So he dies on the phone or it's implied that he does or slips back yeah, into a we, coma. We, we got
0: a timeout. Philip Morris needs therapy. It should be the name of this movie. Yes. <laughs> because uh, we got we have to go back to that little speech. Phil,
1: Philip Morris needs therapy and a healthy partner who is going to be honest and open with him. That
0: yeah. narcissistic sociopath is not someone you should always love. That is something where you should grow and be like, I have some, some unhealthy tendencies and that is not a person that I can love. Have you ever dated yeah. somebody like Steven? I think we've all dated a sociopathic narcissist. I would assume. I know you have, Todd. I one hundred percent have.
1: I I've been friends with one. I have not dated one,
3: and we are not friends anymore. I have dated a woman who, like, I could like watch her lie to me, and I was like, I know, I know this is a lie, but it's like. So convincing. And like she was just like whoever I wanted her to be in that moment. Like like the first three months, I was like, Oh, this is great. She's awesome. And then I realized like she just was not that person, you know? Yeah. Like she was just, oh, it was it was a bad, toxic time In my life. I'll just be honest with you about yeah. that.
1: What we cut to in the movie is the guy in jail who told him Philip was sick tells him that Philip has died. Yeah. Or tells Philip that Steven has died. Yeah. His reaction is just heartbreaking. I mean <laughs> he's heartbroken. Like, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh man. But then they immediately come and kind of escort him to a lawyer that's there to see him. Yeah. And it's Steve. And at this point I was like, what? How? Like, what? And he just hauls off and slaps.
3: I did love that.
1: And I was like, deserved. Yeah. Yep. So then we cut back where Stephen basically takes us through how he faked his death and it took him 10 months to do it. Which
3: is a level of commitment to a con that I... Absolutely (laughs) respect. Uh, Like Steven is a horrible person, but you're sort of like, fuck me, he did it. Good for him. No, that's terrible.
1: Steven is ill. Steven is ill. I know,
3: but like in this in the movie, The Sting, when they pull it off, you're like, fuck, well done, guys. And that's sort of how (laughs) I
0: felt in this, in that moment, I was like. I mean, you're a terrible person, but like, except that they were trying to rob something. He's straight up. I, he had two motivations: one to break out, but two to emotionally manipulate Philip Morris. So what you're saying, Mikey, is you would do anything
3: for love, but you won't do this. <laughs> I would do <laughs> anything for love, including fake AIDS for ten months. <laughs> no,
0: I wouldn't fake. I would not fake an illness for love.
3: I I will say. I
1: this is terrible. It made me so mad to find out he faked it. But some of the ways that he fakes it are literally just playing on assuming that people will stereotype him. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's like people know I'm gay. People know these things about me. So I'm going to play on that. So he just gets his records falsified. And loses a bunch of weight That's basically The bulk of what he does It's like the
3: easiest thing Like it just takes time Yeah But yeah He just falsifies Like one medical record And then plays The waiting game And
0: loses weight That's it I also struggle With losing weight So (laughs) (laughs) Mikey I'll give you 10 months
1: Given prison food I feel like it would not be As much of a problem For me to lose weight In prison Yeah
3: I feel like Your cheese allowance In prison Is way lower Than it is Outside of prison Right I
1: think it's I think it's zero And that's gonna be A problem for me I
3: honestly would be Stabbing myself Full of insulin All the way to prison Then too Cause cheese <laughs> is delicious
1: So We find out That he had basically Convinced them That he was about to die By overdosing And that put him Into a coma And then pretending to be a doctor that had an AIDS study that he was the only one who qualified for. So he sets all of this up and he does it just to get back to Philip. And they essentially at this point get back
0: together, it seems. Yeah, they're writing as he's pretending to be his lawyer to get him out again, right?
1: Yes, he's pretending to be his lawyer to get him out again. And he basically is like, I know who I am. I'm not a lawyer or a CFO or escape artist. All that's left is the man who loves you. But then he does all those things again. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> right. But he is literally just saying whatever he needs to in the moment to get what he wants. Yes. Like that is the type of person he is. That yes.
0: is a narcissist.
3: I know. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Like I have dated that person. Well,
1: so what happens is he goes to court to try and negotiate Philip's release, and he ends up at a toilet next to Larry, who's there on jury duty, and we just get the shot of Larry realizing who it is, and then we get a title card that says April 5th, 1998, Stephen Russell was arrested trying to secure Philip's release, Yeah, and then we get another cut to his court case later. An embarrassment to the state of Texas and Governor George Bush, Stephen was given an unprecedented life sentence. And coincidentally, the DA who prosecuted him was the sister-in-law of Dan Lindholm, the guy he was the CFO for. (laughs) Yeah, the guy who owned
3: that company. Uh,
1: And then we find out that Philip Morris was released in 2006. And Stephen Russell remains a -a 23-hour-a-day lockdown with only one hour per day for supervised showers and exercise. And as we get a close on his face, we see a smile... And we hear a siren blaring as he runs across the yard, presumably to try to escape again. And the camera angles up into the clouds Oh where we see a giant (laughs) cloud dick. I forgot about the (laughs) last
3: cloud dick, yeah. And And that's that's the the movie. movie. Yeah. All right, so having seen the movie and we talked about it, what did you guys think? About I love you, Philip Morris.
1: It's definitely not a portrayal of a healthy relationship.
3: Absolutely not.
1: uh, In that he is uh, abusive and gaslighting, I I would say, emotionally abusive and manipulative and and gaslighting. But I also kind of loved this movie. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's definitely, for all of our... Gay listeners, uh, it's it's a it's a what not to do. I mean, you could make this a straight couple, and it's still a what
3: not to do. My yes, yes, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: But they're not no matter what.
1: (laughs) It has it has nothing to do with the fact that they are gay.
0: He is a narcissist, and I guess don't date them. Also, I just want to apologize again. (laughs) (laughs) So, like,
3: I honestly, Paige, I enjoyed this movie too. It was fun to watch. I'll never watch it again. But that's largely because there is no like character growth or character development in this movie. Right. And it really right. is just like following the villain of the movie and portraying yes. him like the hero in the story. Which I'm here for. It's fine. I enjoyed watching it once. It's just not something I'd revisit, you know?
1: I, I'm I don't know. Maybe I'll revisit it. I'm not sure. I, I feel like this movie has a very confident voice. And I love it. And and it's...
0: That's a very good way to phrase it. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's it's wrong in a lot of ways.
3: But
0: it knows it's wrong. Well,
3: And they lean into it. Yeah, But
1: it knows it's wrong and they lean into yeah. it. Th- this movie is so funny and so sad all at the same time. Like, I genuinely did really like this movie, even though it has problems. Yeah. And I do think that some of that is due to the fact that it's based on a real person and, you know, they're... Some of this is real life stuff Um, I do wish That we had better actor Representation I wish we had gay actors In it Um, I think if you Remade this movie today you would but Oh man I liked this movie yeah I liked it a lot
0: Mikey what do you think Uh, It makes me laugh a bit Uh, Mostly I just watched it nervous about How I would be perceived for picking It (laughs) And so I could see he Faked AIDS I was like this is it for me (laughs) (laughs) So Paige, do you
1: have some fun facts for us? I have so many fun facts. I cannot
0: wait. Let's do this.
1: Let's get into our fun facts. Dick Cloud fun facts. (laughs) Uh, So the film is based on the real life story of Stephen J. Russell. And in the very last courtroom scene, Stephen's lawyer is played by the real life Philip Morris. Is he out of prison?
3: Yeah, he got out of prison. Oh, 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 Philip Morris. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So it is. Like I said based based on true events But the timeline of those events has been changed To fit a movie uh, Okay. So uh, Stephen had actually Stolen civilian clothing A walkie talkie and pretended to have Aids to get out of jail multiple Times before he ever met Philip so he <laughs> was just like An escape artist right. Like from the jump sure. um, He does eventually Feign getting aids again basically after living with Stephen or living with Philip for uh, some amount of time to be with him again. And it does work, but he is now serving a 144 year sentence under heightened security. Oh my God. But oh my gosh. Before we get to some more info about his sentence, let me get through how okay. they eventually caught him. Okay. So on March 20th, 1998, he pretended to be a millionaire from virginia to legitimize a loan from a bank in dallas so that he could pay for the bail or whatever to get philip out or the court fees to get philip out and when the bank became suspicious they alerted the police when that happened he pretended to have a heart heart attack and was transported
3: To a chicken farm. What? That's not where you take someone with a a heart attack.
1: I don't know why or if that's a euphemism for something, but that's all (laughs) I was able to find. But he, he was placed on security watch. I imagine this must have been in some sort of hospital or something. Sure, He's placed on security watch. But while he's on security watch... He impersonates an FBI agent and he calls the hospital on his cell and tells them to let him go. So they release him based on the phone call. Yep. Uh, But then U.S. Marshals track him down in Florida where they arrested him on April 5th, 1998, when he went to go retrieve a fax at the courthouse. And he was sentenced to a, a total of 144 years in prison. 99 years for the multiple escapes And 45 <laughs> years for subsequent scams But as of 2010 He is on 23 hour lockup Only having one free hour a day To shower and exercise And his maximum sentence date Is March 13th, tw- 2113 So 2113 Oh, he ain't making that Except that he became eligible for parole On <gasps> December 15th,
0: 2020 What? <laughs> he's, not, he's, he's a non-violent offender It's, it's definitely a weird area.
1: I don't think he should be out though. Oh <laughs> like, man, no, I, no, I
0: don't. Like, I don't think he's doing good. He was, <laughs> I mean,
1: he's he's a dangerous person, is what I would say, because he is he his capacity for defrauding people is insane. But yeah, so while on set, because they shot this in New Orleans uh, at the Orleans Parish Prison one of the extras who was dressed as an inmate was arrested by an actual jail guard after leaving the set to go put things in his car. Oh, that's so
3: funny. <laughs> so he was stealing from uh, the set and got arrested by a, a guard who was like an extra? No, he just went to like put his like wallet or something in his car. They thought he was escaping.
1: They thought he was escaping
3: the prison. Oh my God. Oh, I thought you were like, I thought you meant he was like stealing from the production no. or something. That's no. wild
1: uh, So Stephen tells Philip That Friday the 13th Is his lucky day And several of the key events Of the movie are shown As happening on Friday the 13th
3: I noticed that yeah
1: Yep So during the scene Where Jim Carrey walks Through the police station Asking how people are doing This is the very beginning When he's a cop Yeah one of the extras replies with shriveled and to the left where it's like how they're hanging which is
3: from liar liar
1: it's from liar yeah, 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 liar I yeah that I was like did they just yeah.
3: reference liar liar they did they did that's awesome
1: um, in the scene where he jumps off the parking lot rooftop where he's trying to get into the dumpster (laughs) the ledge that the ledge that he's standing on says no jumping (laughs) Um, and there's a huge section of the movie where they play the song marriage of figaro by mozart and it's a nod to shawshank redemption which plays it as well during some of the prison escape moments (laughs) so like that's the kind of stuff that i'm like this movie knows exactly what it's doing (laughs) and it's hilarious but those are our fun facts.
3: Well, thank you for those truly amazing fun facts Paige Let's talk some box office. Wait, wait, so, wait, 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 hold on, wait, wait. Are they still together?
1: I don't know. I I would say probably not. I would hope that Philip I has hope found. Did
0: they get paid for this? Um,
1: he can't be cuz you can't profit off your crimes.
3: Can Philip Morris make money though cuz they're technically not his crimes?
1: Yeah, potentially. I mean I
3: hope Philip Morris made a shitload of yeah. money off this because I guess
0: I guess if you're gonna date someone terrible, the best you could do is have someone make a film about how terrible they were and then make money off of it. Imagine how vindicating that would feel.
1: Right? <laughs> well, and he does participate in the movie because he's in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Steven has gone on record as saying that he still loves Philip, but it, it doesn't look like they're still together. <laughs>
0: I want to see the sequel. I love myself, Philip Morris, about how he finds himself and (laughs) grows from this experience.
3: (laughs) I actually like that a lot. Like, he's going to, like, Al-Anon meetings. He's, like, figuring it out, how to, like, be a unique person on his own.
1: I mean, when when Rachel was on when we did Happiest Season, and we've talked about it a lot, there are not a lot of just, like, run-of-the-mill gay rom-coms. And what I want is Philip Morris' life after this, Just falling in love with somebody and finding happiness. That's all I want.
3: Yeah, I'd be all right with that. But the way the true life story played out, no, they're not together anymore.
1: No, I I do not believe so. Right.
3: I'm glad. I'm really glad. Well, let's talk box Mm -hmm. office. So what do you think the production budget was for I Love You, Philip Morris? It came out in 2010.
1: 2010? I'm going to say this was a $10 million movie. Okay.
3: Mikey, what do you think? I'm going to say 15 Wow you guys are literally on either side of it It was a 13 million dollar production budget
1: Nice
2: yeah.
3: So very very good guesses there But it came out December 3rd 2010 And it was 28th the weekend it came out yeah, I don't see this doing well at Christmas Yeah <laughs> Well okay so it's not a Christmas movie. I don't think they released it because they wanted it to be a part of the Christmas push. I think it was because they wanted it to be an Oscar thing.
1: Well, I remember that this was a big deal at the time that it came out, where people were like, "Did you hear about this movie about the this gay guy that keeps escaping prison to be with the guy that he loves?" And I was like, "That sounds like an amazing story." And then I just didn't see it at the time, but I remember that it had a lot of buzz.
3: Yeah, you and everyone else didn't see it. Um, it was <laughs> beat by *Tangled*. Oh, but it's Tangled.
1: Uh, Everyone loves Tangled. Tangled
3: is great. Flynn Rider is one of my favorite. That was number one that weekend. And then the next one, number two, was Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1. And then Burlesque, Unstoppable, and Love and Other Drugs were your top five. Then there were like 25 other movies. And then I Love You, Philip Morris. So what do you think it made in its opening weekend? And I will give you a heads up. It was only in seven theaters.
1: Seven theaters. I'm gonna say it made forty grand.
3: Okay, Mikey, what do you think? Twenty. All right. It actually did better. It did hundred and twelve thousand dollars. Okay. In its opening weekend and only seven theaters, which is really respectable. That's like sixteen thousand dollars per theater. So it's pretty good. Yeah. That is pretty good. Um. Okay. So it eventually got into uh, its peak domestic in theaters was one hundred theaters. And that weekend it made $217,000, which was its peak at the box office, both like charts and monetarily. It like spent a few weeks at 23 and 24, but it never got into a lot of theaters in the U.S. So what do you think it made domestically in its domestic run in 2010?
1: I'm going to say it tops out around
3: 2 million. All right, Michael, what do you think? 5 million. All right. So Paige, you're almost exactly right. It was 2 million, $37,459 With its domestic box office Although it did make $20.9 million Internationally so it made A total of $23 million So it made its budget back
1: Yeah I was going to say it probably made its budget even plus Marketing back
3: that's yeah, probably Because I don't really remember there being a huge marketing push for this It clearly wasn't in many Theaters domestically so
1: There were a lot of articles about it Not a lot of like Like, I don't remember seeing billboards for it. I do remember commercials or commercials. I do remember seeing a ton of articles about people either being scandalized by it.
3: (laughs) They're like clutching their pearls
1: or yeah, either pearl clutching or really excited.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. Well, awesome. Well, that's your box office for I Love You, Philip Morris.
0: Thank you, Todd.
3: Yes, thank you.
0: Yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? No, I just remembered it.
3: Oh, yeah, you did. So uh, if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five-star review on Apple iTunes, and we will have Mikey read it. You guys know the deal. You've done it a few times. So, Mikey, who's you going to read this week? Snow Cone 789. Oh, well, what does Snow Cone 789 have to say? Wait, Mikey, isn't it alcoholic Snow Cone? I know your success rate goes <laughs> way up. If you've had a alcoholic snow cone. 100%. <laughs> Back
0: in a thousand. Well, what does the alcoholic snow cone have to say? Uh, they wrote a review entitled, I didn't know what I wanted in a podcast. I can't read the rest because I'm on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But dot, dot, dot. Right. It's, it sounds good. It does okay. sound good. It says, uh, Mikey, please read this like you are flirting. Oh, okay. my God.
1: <sighs> Wait, you're going to need some chicken wings to make that happen.
0: Baby, if romancing the pod were words on a page... It'd be fine print. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you flirting with me right now? It's hard to tell. Uh, I'm acting.
1: I'm married.
0: <laughs> I'm just a very good actor. Excuse me. It must hurt when each episode drops from heaven. Aww. Oh, okay. As the producer of the podcast, I thank you for that. You can tell this podcast was made in Tennessee because it's the only 10 I see.
3: <laughs> I knew where that was going, I was on board for it. That was
0: amazing. <laughs> Uh, oh, yes. This podcast could be named Google because it's everything I'm searching for.
1: <laughs> Damn.
2: Oh. The host
0: Mikey, Paige, and Todd must be tired because they've been running through my mind all night. We've been living <laughs> rent free up in that dome. Uh, if being sexy was a crime, they'd be guilty as charged. <laughs> it goes on like this. If they were a fruit, they'd be a fine apple. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Mikey has CPR training because he takes my breath away. <laughs> I love this. Uh, Paige must be a magician because she makes everyone else disappear.
1: <laughs> Am I a murderer? Am yeah. I a murderer? A
0: murder-gician, Paige. Ooh, I don't know what...
1: truck executioner. <laughs>
0: this one's good. I... I don't know what Todd's eight shirts are—he's <laughs> wearing—are made of, but I'm guessing it's boyfriend material.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say this? I took a lot of shit for layering up in the winter, but it's the <laughs> summer now. I'm wearing a t-shirt and like like
0: exercise shorts Shut right up, now. Shut up, Todd. This is my segment.
2: <laughs> Calm down, layers.
0: <laughs> <sighs> oh. I'd like to take them to the movies, but they don't let you bring in your own snacks. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, that's a shit. good one. I guarantee you mean- Mike <laughs> is going to use it on Tinder later that, tonight. Yeah, that's going, that is going into the bank. All right. <laughs> the help me not spank it, Bank It. Trust me, I'm not drunk. I'm just intoxicated by romancing the pod. Oh, I love they, it. They need to be named Spotify's hottest single
3: actually mikey i wanted to congratulate you on winning that award spotify's hottest single
0: <laughs> if i win spotify's hottest single because there's actual musicians on it that would be a weird sliders-esque alternative universe <laughs> i'm here mm, for it. i love sliders we're either podcasts are more important <laughs> yeah. chicken buffalo chicken sliders Okay, uh I'm so glad I started following because my parents always told me to follow my dreams. <laughs> Aww. Oh, this is
2: amazing. XOXO
0: Elizabeth B, but you can call me tonight or tomorrow.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I know Elizabeth. Elizabeth has done a lot of the artwork for the Horror Virgin. Like she's so funny. She's amazing. She she's the one that did Flame Copter, Flame Copter 2 and PB8.
0: We're not done. Oh, PS. we're not. Oh my god. Okay, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I know I'm actually terrible at flirting. How about you try to pick me up instead? Oh, my! Like Five stars. I love this.
3: <laughs> I think this, I, I actually
0: remember this now
3: because Elizabeth asked me in, I think it was Discord, when I asked for a thirst tweets, she just said, can I just leave a thirsty review? And I was like, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad. D- Elizabeth, thank you so much for delivering. This was amazing. Oh, so guys, man. if you want to leave us a five-star review, it does not have to be quite as thirsty, although we do appreciate thirsty <laughs> reviews. Feel free to leave us. Thirstier reviews yeah. for Mikey to read and blush at. Someone include the P word in a, in a review, please. <laughs> yes, please include that in a positive review. <laughs> I'd love to see how they work it in. All right. This week, Mikey, you made us watch I Love You, Philip Morris. I did. Next week, I believe, is my week. Yes, it is your week. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I honestly... Sort of never know But I knew what I was doing for this month Because it was Pride Month And I think You're always after me Just remember that Mikey, that's expecting me to remember something That I clearly am not capable of remembering <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, I, l- I watched this movie the first time When I was in high school And I remember not laughing once The entire time I was watching it Because I was like Oh my god, this is so next level genius funny I was like, my brain like could not comprehend how funny it was I had to watch it a second time Literally later that same day To like really like sit back And enjoy it and that's The Birdcage Yes, oh! yes! Oh. I have not Seen this movie in probably 10 years But I remember really thinking This movie was next level funny It was so funny in the moment
1: but yes I'm very Excited it's gonna be great
3: so your homework For this week is to get Why Vermouth drunk? drunk I think oh, it's vermouth. Vermouth, yeah, drink, <laughs> vermouth drunk And watch The Birdcage Yes. On Instagram, and we are at something else on Twitter. Who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's it. It. it's just romancing pod show because they have a character mm-hmm. limit, and it's show
1: mm-hmm. s h o like Showtime.
3: So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at Rampage Wesley everywhere, including TikTok
1: That's gonna be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm
3: Mikey. And I am Todd.
1: And you complete us.
3: To, to completion.
1: completion. Total Pip. Later's baby. Bye. Bye. <laughs>